Hey guys, it's Alexia James, and this is Diary of a 20-something, a podcast that is going to dive into the experiences of being in your 20s and trying to figure it out. The wins, the failures, the heartaches, and the struggles with everything in between. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Diary of a 20-something. This episode, we're going to be talking about something everybody wants to talk about, which is money and investing. And I have a really special guest today, so Randy Rue of the Every Michael podcast. So funny enough, I would say that he's like the fave of finance Twitter, but he was actually telling me that's not the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Randy. Yeah. Uh, hi, hi, guys. Uh, I'm Randy Rue of the Every Michael podcast. We our our earning season podcast, which is the podcast from evermickle.com. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm all, I don't I don't know if I'd describe myself that way. I, I don't think they'd describe me that How would you describe yourself? I'm a regular nerdy guy who, who <laughs> happened to like finance and it stuck with him. I get you. So I really want to jump right into it because... I think for a lot of people, especially like in your 20s, investing has just seemed so daunting. Um, and of course, to some people, it might come across as a fad and all these different things when when you look at it long term, it's not. Um, so the first thing I want to do is just discuss how to even get started. Because um, this is a question I got on Twitter today and it was just like, where do I even begin? Um, so I just want to give my response first just based on my own experience. And the first thing that I would say is just knowing what you want. So in terms of how much you're trying to just invest itself. So that then determines your broker. So your broker is any financial institution or entity who's going to have your equity account to manage. Um, so in Jamaica, there's a couple, there's a lot, um, but the one that I use is actually GMMB. Just because it was so simple and of course, you know, in this day and age, we really just want simplicity and for everything to be online. Um, So I would have opened that up online and then you're able to just buy and sell your stocks on the money online platform. So that was just mm-hmm. me in particular. And the things that you needed were just the basic things to start an account, like a regular account. So your TRN, um, proof of address, those kind of basic stuff. So it wasn't any kind of hurdles to jump over like some other brokers that need large <laughs> first starting deposit amounts to have accounts with them um so mm-hmm. that's just my perspective on it there are other potential brokers like sagical ncb basically almost every financial institution has an investment section that you could look into to start an account with i know you would have a different take on that so you can share that uh well i mean yeah that's jumping way down into it um <laughs> yeah i've found i used to do the same thing but i found that a lot of people tend to start off and especially young people they they, they want first to kind of just find their their footing first to know what's happening so i mean as silly as it might seem to some people a lot of people just want to know what what's a shirt like what exactly is shirts what exactly am i putting my money into mm-hmm. uh so I, I tend to start people off with with that, with understanding what a share is, um, and it's a, a share is, well, so an academic for a moment, but it, it's a unit of ownership in a company. So I always use the example of a loaf of bread. Imagine if you have a loaf of bread and the bread has ten slices in it. Uh, 
if you have one of those shares, one of those slices of bread, that'd be like a company having 10 shares and you having one of the slices. I hope I haven't confused anybody, but pretty much that's what share is. It's a unit of ownership in a company. It's, there's nothing real per se. You can't hold a share in your hand. It's just a thing that says, I own one unit of this company. Um, and of course, that means that when the share price goes up, that unit that you own, if you've bought it for $10 and the overall you hear that, you know, bread shares, shares in, shares in bread company are now $20, that share that you have is now worth $20. Um, so it's a unit of ownership in a company. The second thing I have people understand is how do they actually make money from shares, from stocks, from investing, right? Um, and there are only two ways in Jamaica that you make money from owning shares in a company and that's one called one way called capital appreciation which is like my example just now where if you buy something for ten dollars and tomorrow it's worth twelve dollars then the difference that two dollars difference is the money you've made they call that cap gains or capital appreciation which is a fancy sounding finance term which means your money is worth more um and the second way is dividends which i think everybody has heard about in the past and dividends are a payout from the company to the holder of shares. So sticking to the bread example, if somebody has one slice from that bread company and the bread company says, hey, we're going to give everybody who has a slice a little bit of butter. If you have one slice of that bread, you're going to get some butter. In the same way, if you have shares and a dividend is declared, well, you then would get the dividend. So there's only two ways to make money from shares in Jamaica. And I, I like to start off with those basics because a lot of people want to know and a lot of people might not want to ask or they might feel cute asking. You know, nobody wants to ask the question and feel like they're dumb. So I tend to say that upfront so that people know. Okay, I got you. I definitely did jump the gun into yeah, sharing those things. Just a um, little, but that's fine. I teach a yeah. class every month, so I'm used to what people tend to want to know when they're beginning. Mm -hmm. I get you. Uh, but then we get to the brokers, which you did mention. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so brokers are, um, what do I say, like your financial partners that you have to use to buy and sell shares on the local stock market, right? So you don't just buy and sell shares on your own. Even if you hear somebody say they're doing it on their own or they're using an app or whatever, all of those things are connected to a broker and they have to run through a broker. So your broker actually brokers the transaction for you, even if you're not seeing them, even if you're just doing it through your phone. Yeah. Okay. So I think another thing that people just think is that you need a lot of money to start investing. What's your take on that? Yeah, a lot of people do think that. Um, I'm I'm used to lots of people always saying it. You know, I have my friends who say the same thing. I'm, I'm waiting until I get to get a little bit of money, a lump sum, and then I'm going to start investing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I always like to let people know that you can start investing with almost any amount of money you have, right? Mm -hmm. um, we haven't really touched on how to get a brokerage account. You did mention that, and it's true. It's a lot like just a bank account. So once you have the brokerage account, and again, it's like a bank account, so you don't actually put money in there and lose it. So you can open the brokerage account with some money and close it. There are lots of brokers, so and each of them have different account opening requirements. I don't want to tell you an amount, mm -hmm. but I will tell you that the cheapest 
the rule is that you can buy one stock, right? And the cheapest stock on the Jamaica Stock Exchange as of today is a company, it's an old company. I'm not telling anybody to buy it. I'm definitely not an advisor, so I can't give advice. But if I was, I would not be telling you to buy this company. It's a company called Siboney. And the shares cost 13 Jamaican cents. So if you have more than 13 Jamaican cents, you can start investing. A good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it works. Now I know everybody is going to think, well, no, but you know, I want. What's the point in in investing a little five? Yeah, you want big money now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, a million dollars is a million one dollars, right? So start where you are, and allow that to guide you. But if you really want to start, don't let the money be the problem. I mean, you can start with a hundred dollars. You can start with two hundred dollars. You can. You can start with no money, actually. You can start by just looking at the stock exchange and pretending that you had some money and say, okay, if I had some money, I would buy NCB shares, let's say, right? And then every day you look and see, okay, if I had bought NCB shares on that date, I would have bought them for maybe $140. And today they're worth, I don't know, $145. So that means that I would have made X amount of money. So you can actually start and get used to the market before you put any money in. And actually, I encourage a lot of people to do that because, as we know, stocks are a, an instrument that fluctuates in prices, right? I hate saying words like it sounds so technical, but it just means you can lose money. You can make money, but the downside is you can lose money. And if you can lose money, it tends to make people very fearful. So I, I often advise that if you want to get over the fear, especially if you're young and you're trying to get past the initial hurdle, just pretend that you have some money, you put it in a stock and see what happens. And not just see what happens, but see why it happens, you know? Something I think we miss, well, not miss, but kind of jumped over is that why even invest? Like, what's the point? Um, Because I know that it's a conversation, it's a trending topic. It's been a trending topic, especially with all the IPOs and stuff last year. But I think mm. because of just how different people are socialized, Talking about stocks and investing isn't something that you would speak about at a dinner table or something you were used to before. So a lot of people, it's something new to them. Um, so in terms of just like why invest, why stocks, what are the overall benefits? Uh, I mean, first, a great question. One, why invest? I, I invest, I personally invest because I invest to make money. Um, and I think that's why anybody invests, right? But it might not be to make money. Some people might be investing just to protect their money, just you know, avoid inflation, which involves making money. That's a simple answer. People invest to make money. It doesn't mean that you have to become Warren Buffett, but you invest to make some amount of money to try and turn a dollar into $2 over whatever period of time. Uh, but why stocks? And I must say that, you know, as much as I talk a lot about stocks, stocks aren't the only investment out there. There are lots of options. And even within the stock market, there are lots of options. Some riskier than others, some safer than others, some give you better returns, some don't, right? Uh, but pretty much you invest because you want to make money and you want to have your money make money for you, even when you're not working, right? Mm -hmm. So like right now, I'm talking to you and my investments are making money for me. Right, there are days when I work and I don't look at the market at all, but my investments are out there making money for me. And it's a great way to maybe put together a little side hustle. And a lot of people want to have multiple sources of income, especially in, in the 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in these times, the year that we're having. Um, everybody wants to 
to, to have some money coming in both through the main source of income and otherwise. And stocks are a great option for that. But I wouldn't advise anybody listening to think that you can turn into a star overnight, right? It's not, it has been a fad. I can't deny that. Over the last year, a lot of people have run into it with a lot of the IPOs. But it doesn't mean that you are required to be that kind of trader where every single day you're you know in front of the market you know it if you don't have the time for that there are ways to invest also but the reason why stocks in my view is because over time especially over the long term over the years and the hundreds of years that stocks have been around because stocks have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years um it has been the class of investment that has returned the most to people there is no way to get wealthy this I say all the time, it's controversial, but I say it. you cannot get wealthy without ownership and stocks is ownership. It's ownership of a company. Literally no way that you can get wealthy without ownership, without owning stocks. No one has done it. You can get rich. You can get a really good job and get a nice paycheck and you can actually get a lot of money that way. But when you get to a certain level, even at the CEO level, when you're hired and you are really making money, they start paying you in equity. They start paying you in stocks. So there's no way to get rich. There's no way to get wealthy, not rich, wealthy, without stocks, without ownership. It has not happened. If anybody knows of it happening, let me know, please. So you just said to start getting paid in equity. So for the persons who don't know, doesn't know what that means, what does mm -hmm. it mean? So equity is another term for ownership, right? Um, so when you own shares in a company, like I said, that bread company, one share out of 10 in the company would mean that you'd own 10% of the company. It would mean that you have 10% equity within the company. It's just an odd term loosely used for ownership. Got and it. why it's good is that as the output of that company, you get paid on it, right? Which is what we all want. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I know we kind of spoke about IPO just now briefly, um, mm -hmm. but I'm really just trying to put this so the seven-year-old can understand it. For a person who doesn't know what an IPO is, and also, I like, I don't know, I like to refer to 2019 as an IPO boom in Jamaica. <laughs> That's just me, probably me alone, because I just, it was so crazy to me, because about every month, there was at least one to two IPOs happening in Jamaica last year. So what are your takes on that? Um, so they, so, sorry, you are saying something else? Oh no, I was just saying, and also just like, how would you explain an IPO to somebody who has no idea what IPO is? Yeah, yeah, like, explain like I'm five. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for me, uh, the simplest version I can tell you is an IPO is exactly what it means. The IPO stands for Initial Public Offering, and it is the process of a company offering its shares to the public for the very first time. So, for example, last year, 2019, I believe, was the year that, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, Wigton came to market. Am I right? Or was that 2018? 2019, I mean, the years run together for me now. But I know for a fact that there were IPOs last year. So, what I can say that Mailpack, that's one that I'm sure of, came to market mm -hmm. last year, ipo last year. And what that means is that the Mailpack group, was not on the Jamaica Stock Exchange before. They hadn't existed there before. And this was the very first time that the shares, the ownership in that company was being offered to the entire public, meaning anybody in Jamaica. And not just in Jamaica, actually, within the region. 
yeah. within the world, really. But um, easier, of course, within the region and easiest if you're in Jamaica. So an IPO is when a company goes onto the stock market and offers its shares to the general public. Um, and usually when this happens, it is, I mean, again, there are no guarantees around price, but for like a good company, it oftentimes is the first and only time that the shares will be, again, for a good company, it is usually the very first and only time that the shares will be at that price, right? So for example, Mailpack IPO at a price of $1 per share, and it has not since gone anywhere near $1. It, it shot up after it um, IPO'd and it has remained really, really high since it's actually currently at $2.02, which means that in the, let's say roughly eight months since it's been, since the IPO, it has returned more than 100% in capital gains. And it has also paid a dividend. Well, it hasn't paid yet, but it has declared a dividend, a, a dividend of four cents. So if somebody bought Mailpack at IPO, they would currently be looking at 102% growth in terms of share price and also 4% as a dividend just sent to their bank account. Wow. Got you. So in terms of just looking at you know, you're opening your investment account. And I know there are different ways. So for some brokers, you just pick and tell them what you want. And for others, you know, they have portfolios like on the finance and different industries or sectors. And whatever money you put monthly, they will just put it to the different like industries that you've selected. What do you think is the best way of going about that? Not to say, because I know you're not an advisor, as you always Thank say. You. <laughs> um, but just in terms of it's still like starting out. Um, mm -hmm. It could still seem like you're shooting in the dark a bit. You you are, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, I do a class every month and a large part of the class is just to familiarize people with the market and the options that they have to them. Mm -hmm. Uh and one of the options is that you don't necessarily have to go and pick your stocks yourself. You don't have to be a person who is picking stocks on your own. You know, you can allow the experts to do it for you. Uh, I have to be very careful here because like you said, I'm not an advisor. <laughs> Ask me the question again. Let me, let me answer it as carefully as I can. Okay. Just in terms of starting out, what's the, I shouldn't say best, but a pragmatic way <laughs> of mm. picking um, how to go about purchasing stocks, if that's what ah, you're interested in. Okay. Uh, so I said earlier that you will need a broker. And so one of the, 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 the features and functions of a broker is that they offer advice. You know, all the brokers in Jamaica, there are 12 or 13 brokers in Jamaica, and they all offer their clients, um, their customers advice on what to buy. And what to buy here doesn't just mean stocks. It means, you know, whatever product, investment product is best for you. And so my personal thing is that you need to know first what you want. And I know it might be, it might be easy to say that and everybody thinks I know until you sit down and think about it. Um, but the first thing I find that helps is knowing exactly what it is that you want and laying it out as exactly as it can. It, can, it don't matter if it's, you can say you have $10 and you want to turn it into 10 million, right? In a certain amount of time. Um, as long as you have your goal clearly stated, it becomes easier after that. No, I can't tell you what to buy or the best way to start because obviously I can't, I mean, I can't, not only is it 
is it against the law for me to give that kind of advice? Since I'm not an advisor, but also <laughs> it is it would be irresponsible because everybody lives a different life, right? So the person listening to this who might be still 20-something but have a child lives a completely different life from somebody who might be 20-something and not have any kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is so personal a decision that I can't state what would be best. But what I know is that once you define your goals and what it is that you're looking for and what it is that you're capable of, it becomes much easier. So let's say you are the 20-something who is, you're not stressed, you don't have any kids, you have a job maybe, you're not getting paid a whole lot, but you have a little bit of money. Um, and your goal is to maybe turn 20,000 in savings or 10,000 in savings into 30 or 40 grand in savings, which is actually pretty hard. That's 400% growth. Uh, you have to pick a time period. So let's say that you're thinking, listen, I just want to turn this into 40 grand in a year. I would say, speak to your advisor and a good advisor will tell you that 400% growth within a year is... Unrealistic. I won't say unrealistic, but it is not easy at all. Mm-hmm. Not easy. It is a it is a tall order. It's a hard ask. So, what I would tell anybody starting out young is that do your research first. Look at this J- Jamaica Stock Exchange. Go to their website jamstockx.com and just look at what when you're there you can see what has happened in the past. You know how stocks have moved in the past. You look and see what 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 is the last stock to move four hundred percent, and you know look at the news around it and see why it moved four hundred percent. I just mentioned Mailpack moving. 100% in um, I think roughly six months. And that is huge movement, right? And that's an IPO. And by the way, that sort of answers your last question as to why it was so exciting and why people get excited by it. It's because of that sort of thing. A good company IPOing often allows you the chance to make some significant gains in a short amount of time. So if you're a young person looking to try and make significant gains in a short amount of time, I'm going to tell you that you need to start with your research. Start with your goals and then research. You need to know what you're doing. It's not a lot of thing. It's not a guesswork thing. It is a game of information. And the more information you have, the better it is, the easier it is. The more you know about a company, is the better you get at predicting the moves around the company. And predicting those moves mean you get a chance to make more money. So I don't want to tell anybody there's any one-size-fits-all. All I'd say is start out by defining your goals knowing exactly where you want to go with your money and when, and then speak to your licensed advisor about what can get you there realistically, right? Um, And if you want to trade on your own, research, research, research. I can't stress it enough. You're going to need a lot of research. It's a saying I stole from one of those movies I saw years ago, respect the research. It is a major, major thing. Uh, And research doesn't have to mean that you're in school doing like stuff right it can mean yeah. that you're research is youtube and google now so yeah resources are really exactly out yeah and yo don't get me wrong in you know, a research is can be fun and in a way that you might not always think uh you go to parties all the time you notice that there are water bottles at every party let's say that covid hadn't happened and you know we're having an actual hot summer and you've seen a lot of water at the at, at every party you go to Every single party you go to, you see, you know, at the back, boy, even when the liquor done, people still have a whole heap of water. They must be selling a lot of water. Who sells water? That's with Cinco. That counts as research. That immediately, that's you knowing that, okay, 
Wisinka has a lot of sales coming in here and I'm seeing it on the ground. So let me check them numbers to see if they're a good buy. You know, that sort of thing is a great way to start out and the research. So it's not always pouring over the books. It can be in the middle of a party. Somebody asks you, you can say, I'm doing research. Got you. And would you say like it's better to start investing at a younger age compared to at an older age? Um, yeah, I mean, the earlier you start, the better it is. I started when I was, I was in high school, so it, it, it did help me to be very familiar with the market. But, I mean, you, unless you have a time machine, you can't go back in the past and start anything, right? So you start whenever you start, but obviously the younger you are, the better it is. And don't think that you're too young to start. Don't think you don't have enough money. Like I say the cheapest stock on the exchange is 13 cents right now. So I know we spoke about, like, starting even though you know you may not have a lot of money of course you just mentioned it 13 cents then mm-hmm. but there was like a whole conversation on twitter recently just about like compensation from different jobs um yes. and i just found it really interesting because i was like okay so people with a certain level of income probably aren't even thinking about investing because they're like uh-huh okay, how do I make ends meet? But then at the same time, as you said, there's no way to build wealth without ownership. So in a case where you may not be making a whole lot, what is a good strategy just to still be investing? And I know, like, as you said, (laughs) the cheapest one is 13 cents. But Mm -hmm. in a grand scheme of things, it doesn't always seem realistic to that person. Yeah, it may not be. And um, I mean, here's one good strategy. There's a there's a, a method called dollar cost averaging, right? And how dollar cost averaging works is this. Let's say you have a paycheck of 100 grand after tax every month, right? Um, and you know to that maybe you can save 10 grand. Dollar cost averaging says that you find a company on the exchange who you believe is great, strong, um, and probably going to deliver a lot of gains in the long term, right? So I mentioned with Cinco earlier, I mentioned NCB. Those are huge companies that we know have a strong base, right? So you know, listen, 10 years from now, no matter what happens, NCB is very likely still going to be around. What you can do with dollar cost averaging is that $10,000 that you get every month, you buy $10,000 worth of NCB shares, no matter what price it is. So if right now NCB shares are $140, per share. And again, I'm not a licensed financial advisor. I'm just giving you an example of dollar cost averaging. Yes. But let's say NCB <laughs> shares are um are are $140 per share. Actually $139.45 today. Uh you would buy ten thousand dollars worth. Let's say for some reason next month NCB shares are a hundred dollars per share. No, that won't happen. But let's say that they're a hundred dollars per share next month. You still buy a, you still buy ten thousand dollars worth. Um, if the month after that it's twenty, it doesn't matter what the price is. You buy ten thousand dollars worth, and you do that in the long term. You do that as long as you're working. What you'll find is that in a year or two, you'll have very likely not just all the money that you've saved, meaning the ten thousand dollars every month, but also the gains on top of that meaning on top of the 10,000 that you put on every month because you bought X amount of NCB shares. And there are people who have done that over years and are now multi-multi-millionaires. I say multi-millionaires, I'm not joking. I mean hundreds of millions of dollars from doing that simple dollar cost averaging strategy. Take a flat amount of money, 
every single month and just buy one company shares that you know and believe in. And you don't care, pay attention to the price. If, the, if it's up, you're buying it. If it's down, you're buying it. If it's sideways, you're buying it. And you check it out in five years, you'll probably have a lot more money than you'd expect. And for the right kind of company, you'll probably get a lot of dividends off it also. Mm. Wow. I didn't know about that strategy, so that's actually really informative. Yeah, it's so a that. great strategy. I do that instead of saving. So I don't save personally. I invest. Well, uh, I say I don't save, but that's me just being you know, salacious. I, I, I just, I, 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 I say that, but I, saving is investing. So instead of putting my money in a bank account and getting the 0.64% interest per annum, yeah. I will put my savings in a stock that I believe in. And I just, every month, that's what I do. I put it in, this, in, in the stock. And the dividends alone is much more than a bank account. And then there are capital gains on top of it. And it works out. It's like my personal right. pension. I love that. Okay. So one other thing that I wanted to just touch on Tell was me. just, in terms of selling, because I know you spoke about capital appreciation and then dividends as the two main mm -hmm. sources of income with stocks, right? But in terms mm -hmm. of capital appreciation now, um, given the circumstances of COVID and a lot of stocks that used to be high are pretty low right now. Mm -hmm. Like MCB. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So in terms of selling and getting that capital appreciation benefit, are we really in a place where that is actually again right now in terms of during this time because i feel like that may not really apply or is mm -hmm. it still happening it's still happening i know if you listen to the talk on the news you'd think that um the, the, the common phrase is that you know the market is down and the market is down in comparison to um some levels last year and years previously not years previously but like last year but the market is down however uh the market being down doesn't mean that there aren't stocks that have risen. I mean, the market has been down since, what they said, July, August last year. But I just told you about Mailpack, which has gone up 102% in the last six months while the market is down, right? Yeah. Uh, I know of also Pulse. Pulse between maybe January and now has given us and that's Pulse investments on the exchange. Pulse between January and now has given, I want to say close to, I don't want to get it wrong. Pulse started the year at $6 per share. And they are currently at, the, they're, they're currently at $4.05 per share. However, the reality is they had a stock split in the middle of that. So What's a stock they're split? at, so a stock split is going back to the same bread example you know if you have the 10 slices of bread in the loaf that means that there are 10 slices in the company or there are 10 shares in the company a stock split is where you take the amount of shares that's in the company and you split them by a predetermined amount so for example pulse did a four to one stock split so if you had one share today and it costs one dollar tomorrow when you do the stock split you'll have four shares and each share will cost 25 cents so it's like making change. Okay. Yeah. So nothing has changed in terms of the value, but you now have four where you had one, right? And psychologically, for some reason, whenever that happens, the price tends to go up because people tend to buy it for more. Again, on the books, it doesn't. there's nothing changed in terms of the intrinsic value of it, 
but on the market, psychologically, people tend to pay more for it. Now, back to Pulse, um, starting at $6, starting the year at $6, if I pretend that the split didn't happen, it would mean that as of today, Pulse has a price of, again, I don't want to get this wrong, $16.20. And again, this happened within this year where the market is down, right? So while, yes, the market is down, uh, that in itself is not a reason for us, to, for us to stop investing in stocks because it really isn't a fad, right? It really isn't a fad. It's, it's that 170% growth that Pulse has given between January and now is not a fad. That's actual money. I should know because I actually do. I'm a shareholder in Pulse. So I have benefited from that as other people have. So I'm not telling you that there won't be times when the market is down. Stocks have that as one of the that it's a feature but it's also a bug you know the thing that makes it good is also the thing that makes it bad it can the prices can go all the way up and the prices can also come down but what it means is that the quality of information that you use to invest on is what's important right um your advisor needs to be giving you strong advice and it has to be in light of the time so if things are bad there are some stocks that you go with. If things are good, there are other stocks that you go with. So for example, people are always talking about, you know that there's COVID, you know, maybe like main events, which is a listed company, they might not have as many parties to make as much money from. However, you will have, on the other hand, you'll have um, like Alaska distributors who, you know, they're, they're selling more food because more people are at home eating up a lot more food, you know? You'll have like maybe a T-Tech who handles a lot more actual tech for companies. So now everybody's working from home. T-Tech actually has to come in and put in new servers and upgrade your software, blah, blah, blah. So no matter what the conditions are, there's always a company out there that's making money. Yeah, man. So when you hear that things are bad, things are bad. But there's a company that is making money because things are bad. And when things are good, there are more companies making money out there. So yeah, no matter what happens, stocks have always been better than almost every other not almost they have been better in terms of growth than every other investment class the matter is just it's just a matter of knowing which stocks to pick which is where the, the research comes in the expertise comes in you know the, the advice comes in for you okay so the last question <laughs> what's one piece of wisdom that you'd leave with a person mm. who's investing in their 20s who's just starting out investing in their 20s. Uh, I'll, I'll steal a quote from, I don't remember who it was. I don't know who it is I'm stealing a quote from, but it's a known quote in markets. It's a saying that says, timing the market is, time in the market is better than timing the market. And that's T-I-M-E space I-N. So time in the stock market is better than trying to time the stock market and find a win. Yeah. Okay. So the longer you stay in, the better it gets and the more used to what's happening you get, right? If you came in as a fad because you heard about IPOs, I'm not going to be one of those people telling you that you're an IPO popper and you know you shouldn't be in the market. Yeah. But I will tell you that you are you are in a great place to continue to pay attention to the market. And in one year, you will have more innate knowledge about the market than somebody who came in, saw the IPOs, and then just jumped out. Mm -hmm. So stick to it. It doesn't matter if you're making a lot of money or a little bit of money. Stick with it. Pay attention to what's happening in the market. You know, Pay attention to the news. Just 
pay attention to those small little things that might seem inconsequential or boring. I, I mean, I never used to watch the business news all the time. No, I pay attention to the business news like my life depends on it because my life does depend on it. But yeah, um, those things are very important. And just pay attention to fads, right? Ask little questions. Who is who, who, who sells stuff? What's a popular thing? I was so happy when, when people started to say, yo, you know the Schweppes? Because we single sell Schweppes. <laughs> right? Um, and you, you find that you start getting excited about about things that you didn't expect that you would be excited about, right? Yeah, you probably wouldn't care. Uh, before, I never thought about who imported the most hair in Jamaica. No, I would love if a listed company imported hair. Yeah, because then it means that I can make money from that. I don't know of any doing that, by the way, but it's just it's just how I think. It's just how you find yourself thinking, mm-hmm. and you can actually make nice little bits of money. If you're a young person, I'll tell you this: when I started out in, I started out when I was in high school, but I really started to go hard in my twenties when I just at my first big job, right? And um. I learned a lesson then that I continue to use now, which is like you can make a lot of quick money, but small money. Um, Not telling anybody to do this, not telling anybody to rush and do it, but I did a lot of it back then. The market was much hotter back back in the day. Um, And it still continues to be pretty hot. So you're not going to make like $10 million, but yeah, lots of times I've made money and paid a light bill. You know, I've made money and famous the other day because I made the mistake of mentioning that a dividend paid my rent and um you know i got a, a little bit of backlash for that but it's a <laughs> Why? Uh, i mean it's not backlash you know people can be snarky when they want to be but i i i don't mind it's i want people to know that that sort of thing is possible right i don't want to be the typical guy going around and telling everybody that it's for your future and it's for your retirement even though it is and it can be but oh i just remembered one more question <laughs> it's okay um, you can ask. so i saw i saw this thing where Somebody was trying to decide if to take a car loan for a car or mm-hmm. um, I think it was something along the lines of using cash up front. So ah. they had made a reference to say, don't use cash up front, take the loan and then use the cash to invest while mm-hmm. you're like. So I saw that and I was just like, is that actually a legitimate thing or strategy to do? I live that. I do it all the time. In fact, I bought a car when I buy this car earlier this year. I bought an SUV earlier this year, and that's exactly what I did. I had the money to buy the vehicle. I didn't buy the vehicle. Instead, I invested the money for the vehicle. And um, what, the, what happens is that you know, that investment needs to make enough money so that I can keep my money but also pay payment. for the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to tell anybody that they should do that sort of thing because mm-hmm. that is... Um, that does require a little bit more knowledge and familiarity with the market, mm-hmm. but it is very possible. I, I can't lie to you and tell you it's not possible. It is very, very possible. It is, it's a strategy of the rich. So think about this. Like I, I cannot take up $5 million now and buy a, and put on a house deposit because as far as I'm concerned, that would be me putting $5 million into the fire and just burning it. I mean, granted, I have the apartment now, so you have the apartment. So you put the five million as a deposit, and then I mean apartments these days are expensive, right? So let's say it's a twenty million dollar apartment, and your deposit is maybe two million, ten percent, and then maybe other fees kick up to four million. I couldn't put four million into an apartment right now. What I could do, however, is invest that four million, and over the next maybe three years, that four million might grow into ten, right? 
and even then i don't know if i would take the tin and and do the apartment so that is maybe take a piece of the tin so you take piece of the now the four is ten you take the four and you do the deposit and the other remaining six it has to make enough money each month to cover the mortgage payment and that is a legitimate thing that you can do at a certain amount of money or with a small enough bill so it is not for beginners but it is a strategy after a certain level you stop using your money and you stop making big purchases on your own credit becomes very very um useful after a while got you okay so, of course, I want you to plug your socials where people can find you, where people can check out your podcast and learn more financial and investment nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, so my podcast is the Earning Season Podcast. I host it along with my co-host, Danai Hall. Um, on Twitter, I'm at RT Rowe. And on Twitter, he's at H Danai. And the podcast is Earnings underscore Season on, um, on Twitter also. I want to say it's on all socials, but it's not. On IG, it is earning season, all one word, I believe. It's got me doing a terrible job of doing it. But it doesn't matter. Website, earningseasonpodcast.com. Earningseasonpodcast.com. And you'll see everything there, including all the socials, including everything that we've put out for this podcast for a year. We're coming up to our one-year anniversary, so I'm pretty proud of that. I didn't realize it had been almost a year already, so I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to see that. Alexa has some company now in the podcasting space because you've been doing this a while on your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have. So, but I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and thanks everybody for tuning in. And I'll see you all for another episode. No problem. Thank you for having me. Bye, guys. And then I think that's it. Yeah, I just wanted to know if you're going to stop recording. <laughs> I have, yeah, I'm, I'm just making sure I bring the tab up and stop recording. And-